Hello and a very warm welcome back to the Fearless Finance Podcast. Now, regular listeners will know that we are taking a tour through the seven pillars of financial well-being. So far, we've covered increasing awareness, building a money management system, understanding your credit score, dealing with debt and creating a winning money mindset. And this week, we'll be exploring investing and growing money for the future. Now, I think a good place to start is with your pension. And I'm going to stick with what I know best, i.e. the UK system, and hope that if you're joining me from another country, most of the same principles will apply. So in the UK, there are two main types of a work-based pension called defined benefits and defined contribution. Now, despite the sometimes unnecessarily complex names, these are actually quite simple. Defined benefits are also known as a final salary scheme, and these pay a guaranteed amount for your golden years. And they're often found in public sector careers, such as teaching, the police or civil service. And I'll use teaching as an example. So every month, a deduction is made from your gross or before tax salary. Let's say it's around 10%, just to keep the number simple. Then your employer, either at school or a local council, pay their contribution at perhaps 15%. And this combined amount goes into a big teacher's pension fund, which is invested by professionals on your behalf. Now, on your retirement, the fund will pay you an agreed amount each month, and that depends on how many years you've served combined with what your salary was when you reach retirement. And in inflationary times, it's good to know that these payments are index-linked, meaning that they increase every year by the rate of inflation. The second type of pension is called defined contribution. And again, both you and your employer make a monthly contribution. And as before, it goes into a big pot, which is invested on your behalf. But the difference here is that when you retire, rather than having a guaranteed income, you're given the value of your piece of that pot, together with any growth it has gained. So you've got various options what to do with your nest egg, including taking a lump sum, perhaps to pay off your mortgage, or take a world cruise, uh, or use it to buy an investment product such as an annuity, which pays a fixed amount every month or year for the rest of your life. Now, there are some mix and match options. So when it comes to pension planning, my advice is always to get some advice. So what if you've changed jobs frequently or maybe you're self-employed and don't actually have a workplace pension? Well, there's a range of options available for DIY pensions. Some services in the UK, for example, Pension B, will track down and sweep up all your previous pensions and combine them in one place, which they then invest on your behalf. So this has got advantages, including greater clarity and a simplification of your finances. Perhaps a disadvantage is that their choice of investment plans is limited, although I can see how that might be an advantage for some. And their service may attract slightly higher fees than other providers because all that simplicity comes at a cost. If you have no pension, it's wise to start one as early as possible. To paraphrase or butcher a Chinese proverb, when is the best time to plant a tree? Well, it's 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And we've got two big benefits of a pension. Firstly, remember when I said that pension deductions are from your gross, i.e. pre-tax salary. Were you paying attention at that point? There is a quiz coming up. No, I'm playing. But... Taking from your gross salary has tax benefits, which could mean that, say, a £100 contribution could be worth 120 or 140 when considering the tax you're saving. And either one is a pretty good return on your money. 
The second big benefit of starting a pension early is utilizing the power of compound interest. We know that money invested wisely grows over time. So the longer time you give it, the greater the potential for growth. And did you know you can create a personal pension for your kids? How's that for long-term thinking? Now I get it. It's tempting in perhaps your 20s or 30s to put off starting a pension. I've been there myself. You've got more pressing financial needs, such as saving for a house or going out on Friday nights. But remember the principle of paying yourself first. Even a small contribution to a pension is a great way to put this into practice and set yourself up for greater financial well-being further down the road. Now, hopefully I've sold you on the importance of a pension without taking a commission and you will take some action to either set one up or locate all your old ones in one place. But don't do it right now because there's more to come. Next, I want to talk about investments. Now, perhaps you've heard of Warren Buffett. He's one of the world's most successful investors and a multi-billionaire. And he famously advised his relatives that after he's gone to invest their inheritance in a good index fund and just leave it alone. So what is an index fund? You probably know that the stock market is made up of thousands of individual companies whose shares are available to buy and sell. And groups of shares are put together in a cluster, which can include, for example, the FTSE 100, which is the largest 100 companies in the UK, or the NASDAQ, which houses all the technology stocks in America, such as Amazon, Google, Facebook, and so on. It is possible to buy an investment which mirrors the performance of these indexes. So if the whole market goes up or down in value, then the price of your investment moves with it. Now, over the long term, various markets have averaged out at growing by about 7%, irrespective of the performance of individual shares. And you might choose to invest in whole indexes like this or in smaller niches, such as just mining companies, banks, or, I don't know, smaller companies in developing countries, if you so, if you so desire. Another way to invest in indexes or in groups of stocks is via an exchange traded fund or ETF. Now these can be easy to buy and sell just like individual shares and they often have very low fees attached. At this point I should mention that any information I'm sharing here is my opinion and is meant for education and entertainment purposes rather than specific financial advice because we're all different and I have no knowledge of your individual attitudes or circumstances. All right so with that in mind, talking about attitudes, how do you feel about risk when it comes to investments? More risk can equate to more rewards, but buying shares in individual companies can be lucrative if you can bear the potential downside. Let's think of an example, right? So a popular stock such as Tesla, that's fluctuated between around $800 and $1,200 or so over the last six months alone. And that's great if you bought it at 800 and sold it at 1200 as you would have returned a 50% profit. But it's not so great if it was the other way around. And near the top of the risk pyramid, in my view, are cryptocurrencies. Because if you invest in a stock such as Tesla, you're effectively buying a piece of that company. And it may go down in price, driven by the economy or business performance, or even tweets by its founder. However, at the end of the day, the company makes stuff and has assets in terms of factories, machinery, technology, and so on. And that means that even in extreme circumstances and the price crashes, 
it should retain some value just in its bricks and mortar. But the same is not true with cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, which have no underlying or intrinsic value. Now, granted, some of the cryptos have appreciated massively over the last few years, and some investors have done very well, thank you very much. But knowing when to buy or sell is for many, like a trip to the casino or the racetrack, rather than a well-thought-out investment strategy. If you are tempted to put some of your hard-earned money towards individual stocks, gold or crypto, one strategy to consider is dollar cost averaging. Even though I'm in the UK, I've always heard it described in terms of dollars, so I'll keep using that way. It sounds odd saying pound cost averaging. Anyway, here's the principle. You invest the same amount of money every month, regardless of the price of the asset. So in the case of gold, let's say, you set up an automated transaction to invest £50 or indeed $50 every month. Now, over time, if the value of gold goes up, your investment will have gone up and ironed out the fluctuations caused by the price of gold going up or down on a month-to-month basis. When the price is temporarily low, you are actually buying more units of gold for your $50, £50. And when the price is high, although that month you're buying a little bit less gold, the overall value of your, your portfolio of gold has risen. You see how it works. Now, I think combining this with a portfolio of index funds or ETFs can be a nice, easy strategy to diversify your investments and take the opportunities from some of these more unpredictable markets like crypto while reducing some of the risk. If you're just beginning on your investment journey, some of the online banks and platforms such as Revolut offer dollar cost averaging in stocks, gold, and a range of cryptocurrencies. That might be a good place to start. Wow, so we've covered quite a bit of ground today. Let me recap. Firstly, pensions. If you haven't got one, start one today. End of. Even if you can only make a small contribution, it will allow you to get started, benefit from tax advantages, and maybe get some free money from your employer, which are all good. If you do have pensions scattered around from different jobs, consider tracking them down and combining them. And then investments. Look into index funds or ETFs as a way to start investing in the stock market. And investigate dollar cost averaging as a method of building up your holdings of individual stocks, gold or cryptocurrency. In my view, investing doesn't need to be complicated or time consuming. Over time, it's a practice which can increase your wealth and security, which is something we can all aspire to. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you can, and please share this episode with a friend or two to help increase their financial knowledge and well-being. And until next time, thank you so much for listening.